I care about statistical scarcity more than positional scarcity. Have I killed fun? Yes. Podcast is going off the rails already. They're they're pop ups. They're not infield fly balls. These guys told you to get fit by the RA. So wait for Kluber's sale, but pass on Robbie Ray. Hey, real quick, Scott's phoned about the humidor. And pick your milk for breakfast cereal. Mount Rushmore. Morning, August 21st, Adam Azer and Scott White scamming you here on Fantasy Baseball Today. Good morning, Scott. Good morning, Adam. Yeah, it is a good morning. Great morning. Unless you're an A.J. Minter owner or a Kenley Jansen owner, and I am both. But whatever, (laughs) whatever, won't hold it against them. Yeah, we're going to talk about the bullpens. Uh, Hope you didn't start Steven Gonzalez yesterday. Lucas Giolito, is he a thing? Also, I'll ask you if you're buying a couple of breakouts and if you're buying a bus. Scott, give me a standout from Monday. A standout from Monday. How about a guy who we wrote off, I guess, just yesterday? We decided he couldn't be trusted. And Jeremy Jeffress ended up getting a save on Monday with Josh Hader working the 7th and 8th. It was the opposite of what happened on Saturday. Yep. Yes, but it was, it was closer to what we expected to happen. And I think, you know, Josh Hader's used to working multi-inning relief appearances. And, uh, as the lefty, I think he's going to be needed in the ninth more often, or he's going to be needed earlier than the ninth more often. So, you know, maybe we were too quick to bang the gavel well, on that one. But who's going to get the next one? I- I'm just saying, you know, that Hader had had the last three saves. For uh, for the Brewers, I, I just don't know. I, yeah. I thought that Jeffers was going were, to be the closer. The two before that were multi-inning. I don't know. I mean, I I still think there's a good chance Jeffers gets the majority from here on. I'd certainly rather have him than uh like a replacement from the Braves bullpen, assuming Minter even misses time, which you know seems like it could just be a day-to-day thing for him. How about uh, Ken Giles or Jeremy Jeffress? Jeffress. Okay. All right, Scott. We'll see what happens next time they get a save. Because if it's hater, you're going to be a hater. So uh, what's going, what's going on with uh, AJ Minter? Dan Winkler, Winkler got the save yesterday for the Braves. Yeah. So he has uh, a back issue. Back tightness is what they've called it. It's considered day to day. Now, I mean it. Seems possible vague injury like that day to day could become a DL stint, but uh, there doesn't seem to be any concern about that right now. Are you and cons- even if he did go on the DL, I don't think it'd be a hundred percent. Winkler was getting all the saves. I think probably Brad Brock would factor into that mix. Ew, really? Maybe Jesse Biddle. Yeah, Brock. Um, are you worried about Kenley Jansen? Gave up two home runs, came off the DL, which was great. And then he gave up two home, two home runs, which made me very thankful that in my daily league, I missed that, you know, if you take a guy off the DL on this website that I play in, he's not eligible for your team until tomorrow. So I couldn't start Kenley Jansen, and that worked out, or I would have. 
Um, yeah, he got he got crushed. He gave him three hits, two of them homers against St. Louis. Yeah, that was obviously not what we wanted to see from him. And his velocity was down a couple miles per hour. It's not like where it was at the beginning of the season. Um, or, yeah, it, it wasn't quite that low, but it was down a couple, and maybe he just needs, you know, this was his first appearance in two weeks. So maybe he just needs a little time to shake off the rest. I don't think it's anything especially alarming. And it's really great that we have Kenley Jansen back. Awesome news. Happy to see it. Um, I want to ask you about Mike Fires, Scott. Mike Fires in his last 10 starts has a 181 ERA, nine walks, 50 strikeouts, six home runs allowed in 59 and two thirds. So much less than a strikeout rating. But opponents are batting 212 with a 342 slugging percentage. There's a 247 Babbitt in there. He's at Minnesota this weekend. Mike Fires has been ridiculous. He's 80% owned. How much do you trust him right now? I don't think you can ever trust Mike Fires completely. He's had so many stretches like this in his career where he'll look dominant for two months at a time and then it falls apart a pretty, pretty dramatic way. But I do think we're at a point in the season where it, it's, it's not crazy to ride the hot hand and he's certainly that right now. Just don't be hesitant to pull don't be hesitant to pull the plug when it when uh when he finally does have a bad start all right we'll get into more from yesterday in a little bit we're gonna do that birthday segment again it was very fun now i just have to yeah it was fun right so much came out of it it was just so enlightening for everybody involved here's the problem so we're gonna use you know that that was west from oakland gave us that birthday segment we ended up talking about the line order shields. Today we're going to talk about someone else. And uh, the problem is we're going to use that birthday song by Stevie Wonder. Happy birthday. I queued it up on my iPad while we were on the air like two minutes ago. And I don't remember the part of the song where he starts to actually say happy birthday. So we're just going to try to pick a random spot in the song where he says it. And hopefully it works out. He says, uh, he says it a lot. He does, so. but it takes a while to get there. Okay. So, you know, it's gonna be, it's gonna be interesting. We'll see what happens. It, it will probably destroy the segment. News and notes. Jose Altuve is gonna be back today. Hooray. Ross Stripling will be activated soon, but it is unclear what his role will be, Ross Stripling. Uh, how, how stashable is Stripling at this point, Scott? I think he's pretty stashable because Dave Roberts said before this DL stint even happened, when they were planning to move him to the bullpen, uh, that he hoped to get them back in the rotation because he felt like he had earned it. Um, I actually wrote a piece last night. It'll be up on the site, probably up on the site by the time you're listening to this. Uh, pitchers who are coming up on an innings limit or not a known innings limit, but it seems like their innings are rising to a point where their teams are going to have to pull back on them. Yeah. Uh, Stripling himself would fall into that category, but not nearly as much as Walker Bueller will. I think Walker Bueller has at most three starts left, and maybe that's when they transition Stripling back in Bueller's place uh, as a way to kind of manage both of their innings 
remove Stripling for now, but then they flip the two and Bueller starts pitching out of the bullpen. That's my expectation for how things are going to play out. And Stripling's been, you know, obviously was great as a starter. Oh, yeah. You'd be happy to have him back in that role. Yeah, and Maeda, too, also could factor in. But you'd think Stripling would have uh, dibs on the first over. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, I think in the same breath that uh, – Roberts said they wanted to get Stripling back in the rotation. He said they're not putting Maeda back in the rotation. So I want to count on that. He said that? Um, what a jerk. Yeah. All right. All right. I'd like to find the exact quote instead of just going off memory. All right, go ahead but. and search for that quote. I'll continue with the news and notes. Atlanta starting pitcher Bryce Wilson made his major league debut, another young Braves pitcher. Five scoreless innings, three walks, five strikeouts at, at Pittsburgh. Meanwhile, Steven Gonzalez got crushed. Six hits, four runs in an inning and a third against the White Sox. Wasn't his fault. There's a rain delay. Screwed up his, screwed up his flow, his mojo. Gonzalez will <laughs> get one more turn. It'll be against Oakland this weekend. Do you see a reason to own Bryce Wilson for the Braves or Steven Gonzalez for the Twins? I don't see much reason to own either. Like I said, even before this start for Gonzalez, I wasn't really looking to add him in, in standard mixed leagues. I'm just not sure the upside is high enough. Uh, it certainly has to show something before I do. Now, Wilson had a great debut, but I, I feel like it's kind of like Tuki Toussaint uh, a couple weeks ago, or I guess just a week ago, where he had a nice debut against the Marlins in a doubleheader, and we haven't seen him in the majors since. I feel like those two, Wilson and Toussaint, they're going to be what – they're, they're, the Braves are going to use them to help space out Fultonevich's and Newcomb's starts over the final month because both of them are coming up in that uh, concerning innings area. And obviously the Braves have designs on the postseason, so they're going to use some of their uh, minor league pitching depth to build an extra rest for their established starters. But that means spot starts all over the place and not a lot of predictability to it. And I just don't sure. I, I just don't think they're worth holding on to during that. Somebody asked me, uh, you know, in a keeper dynasty context about Mike Soroka. And I was really struck by how average his stuff looked. But great pedigree for Soroka. What do you think yeah. about him? What, what is his future? I think, uh, yeah, I think he's going to be a fixture of the Braves rotation. Um, yeah, obviously he has to get the shoulder right. And I, I feel like it was an abundance of caution putting him on the 60-day DL, just uh, making sure he's right for next season is their priority there. But, yeah, he's he was considered the highest. Uh, well, some publications, I guess, had Luis Gohara higher, but of all these Braves pitchers, Soroka uh, was considered one of the best, if not the best, by the prospect publications coming into the year. Do you believe in him? Because he's not a big swinging strike guy, right? And that's your thing. Yeah, yeah, I do. But the the scouting reports are so favorable. It reminds me a little of uh, Aaron Nola or uh, you know even Zach Greinke, who like the the command and the pitchability was so good. Uh, pitchability is one of those made up pitching prospect words, but it <laughs> <laughs> it means they really know how to use their stuff and. Um, Eventually, we saw the strikeouts obviously become a thing for both Grinky and Ola. I, I feel like Soroka fits into that same class. 
I'll be ranking podcast ability soon. That will be a new term, podcast ability. And uh, right now, you and I are leading the charge. It's a scam, yeah. it's a scam show now. Chris was it supposed is. to be on today, and then he bailed. We have to make fun he of him. He bailed. Next time he found out I was going to be on. Yeah. He's like, ah, they don't need me. Uh, Chris Archer left with leg discomfort, but he's optimistic, uh, optimistic about making his next start. I really encourage everybody to watch Chris Archer pitch and tell me what I'm missing here. He just, like, he got lucky yesterday. He gave up one run in four innings. Did you watch the game, Braves man? I, I did, yeah. You did? What did you think of Chris Archer? I'm glad, I'm glad you watched. Cause he gave up three doubles in four innings. You know, one was nearly a home run. I just don't see it. I mean, he's throwing like 95, which is good, but it's not great. We know he's got the sliders, changeups, whatever. I don't know, man. I'm losing faith in Chris Archer. Yeah, this was, ironically, probably his best start to Pirates uniform. Yeah, it was. Even though he lasted only four innings. Um, the thing is, other than the ERA and other than the actual stats, he looks the same, you know? He, even the swinging strike rate is, is high like it usually is. Uh, so I don't know. It's, it's been really, it's been really strange. And I certainly don't view him as a must start pitcher down the stretch. I'm not to the point where I am with like Robbie Ray where I think he's droppable, but uh, this was a two start week. This was supposed to be a slam dunk stardom yeah. situation. And, uh, already it feels like it backfired. You gotta hope he makes that next start since he, left this one with an injury. It doesn't seem like a big deal. He pitched an inning after suffering the injury. It was on a swing uh, where he, you know, his legs just weren't feeling quite right. And it was his best inning. It was a clean inning. Uh, but they decided to take him out. So hopefully he still makes his start over the weekend. But if he doesn't, man, that's going to be uh, the time you felt like you could trust him and you couldn't. That's It's going to make it hard to trust him again. Yeah, I mean – I, I trust him enough to start him because I just I don't in the one league that I own Archer in I I don't have enough pitching, I start him every time out. You know you hope for some strikeouts. He's he's an okay strikeout pitcher right now. He's good enough. Uh, I just uh, I think now that when I watch him, the last two years are starting to make more sense. The kind of high ERA. Uh, but I also think that the move to the National League should still be helpful. In fact, I felt like there were a couple times yesterday where. Seemed like he was in trouble, and then like maybe the pitcher would come up, or you know some crappy eighth hitter or something like that. And, um, you know, National League is great for pitching. I guess is what I'm his trying to a- say. His average fastball velocity is has been exactly the same for three straight years. His swinging strike rate is, uh, you know, going by Baseball Reference standards. Last it's 21.4 this year, 22.6 last year, 21.4 the year before, 21.6 the year before. Like it, it seems like he's the same, and he's just not getting the same results. So he is the same. I still and that's the problem. Him. He never yeah. developed the changeup. Well, I mean, he he's the same, but you know, the last couple years he was getting a lot more strikeouts than he is this year. The more things change, the more they stay the same, Scott. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, sure. I yeah. don't, I don't agree with that quote. I think it was a silly oh, quote. Okay. Derek Rodriguez is scheduled to start against Texas on Friday. Brandon Nimmo's on the deal with a finger injury. Ozzy Albies batted sixth yesterday. Oh boy. Max Muncie batted zero yesterday. He, well, I don't know, he may have pinch hit, but he sat again against a lefty. Um, 
The Cardinals started a man named Patrick Wisdom at third base. So that was a smart move, <laughs> right? Smart move. I see what you did yeah. there. Wisdom usually just pinch hits. Colin McHugh is definitely not going to start tonight, Scott. He threw two innings yesterday. So who do we have lined up to start tonight? Well, maybe it'll be Peacock after all. Maybe. Oh, my goodness. Could you imagine if I – let's see. Who who we got on uh, – yeah, we have McHugh right now. There's no way. He threw two innings yesterday. He's not starting. Like, how is this not out there? I keep looking for it, and I cannot find it. Scott will well, find see. it. Let's see. Yeah, Scott will find When's it. When's the last time Peacock pitched? He actually has multi-inning reliefs appearances unlike McHugh. Actually McHugh did yesterday, which I thought was ironic. He yeah. went two innings the day before I thought he was gonna start. Uh well Peacock pitched two days ago and three days ago also. So Alright, I don't know. It's a great mystery. It's probably going to be a bullpen game. Okay, great. Which is we'll what it would have been if McHugh started anyway. I mean he was yeah it wasn't sure. ready to go out and pitch four innings. Uh, Alex Wood has allowed three or fewer earned runs in 12 starts. So that's good. Bad news is he only pitched four innings yesterday. And George Springer was scratched with quad soreness but was available off the bench. Uh, speaking of off the bench, for a great podcast on CBS Sports, off the bench. Scott, are you buying the breakout? I got two players for you. Are you buying the breakout? Number one, Zach Wheeler. Zach Wheeler in his last 15 starts has a 271 ERA, 28 walks, 93 strikeouts, and five home runs allowed. 12% swinging strike rate. Uh, that's in 96 and a third inning, by the way, so just under a strikeout per inning. He's thrown a lot of innings lately. He's pitching great. He's been a must-start. Zach Wheeler, are you buying the breakout? Yeah, I am. Here's the problem. He's up to 146 and a third innings. He had thrown about 87 in the previous three years combined. So how much longer are the Mets going to do – to uh, let this play out. They still have him for next year. He's showing signs of living up to his potential finally. Obviously, they're not playing for anything. They need to shut him down. They're probably going to shut Stop. him down sooner he's, than he's later. He's like my best pitcher in the podcast league. I know. I would if you If trade deadline is still open in your league and you're looking to bolster your rotation, I would not make a move for Zach Wheeler because I just – just doesn't make sense for them to keep running him out there at this point. Are you buying him though as uh, like next year? Where are you thinking you're going to rank Zach Wheeler? I think he'll be top forty. Would be my guess. The uh, what, so what happened? What triggered this breakout for Wheeler? Well, I was I caught like the you know they have like a sideline reporter. I don't know what they call it in baseball. A dugout reporter talking about <laughs> Zach Wheeler and what changed for him. And I sort of caught the end of it. Then I had read this before. Like, basically, the difference is he just started throwing harder. He's like, I think I'm going to add a tick or two to the fastball. And everything's been great since then. He throws really hard now. He always was a hard thrower, but, I mean, what's he average? He probably throws like 97. Yeah, he's averaging almost 97 miles per hour with the fastball. So that that helps. Uh, Scott, are you buying the breakout from Xander Bogarts? Breakout. Well, uh, I mean, a lot of people thought he was this guy coming into the year, right? But you, I was more, I was more of a downer on him than most. But Scott's cell phone makes an appearance. (laughs) (laughs) So popular, I don't get text messages this time of day. Yeah, 
Actually, this is from you. It, I just now got it. Oh, wow. How about that? I was just playing yeah. a segment. Yeah, um, you you are responsible for this, <laughs> for all your complaining. How about um, that? I mean, people, I'm, he's hit 20 homers in a season before. He's having his best year by far. Like, he's got an 874 OPS, Sander Bogarts. His previous high was 802. He also yeah. missed a little bit of time. I'll give you some numbers. Xander Bogarts is averaging 3.4 fantasy points per game. I looked at the top five shortstops, top six shortstops. They're averaging about 122, 122 games. Uh, so if I gave Bogarts 122 games, he's only played in 103, he would be uh, about the number five, no, number four shortstop. And remember, shortstop's been amazing. It's Lindor, Bregman, Machado, and then if if Bogarts had been playing 122 games like the others, he'd pretty much be tied with Javier Baez and just ahead of Trevor Story in what's been a great top six at shortstop. So I would say it's it, he's he's broken out. This yeah, year. I mean it's it's he has the 20 homers in the season before. Like I said, he's on pace I think for 22 this year. He's at 21 before, but his ISO that year was 152, and this year it's 235. Yeah, look so at the doubles. definitely has hit for more power. A lot of it's taken the form of doubles. He's on pace for about 45 of those. Yeah. Uh, I mean, sure, he's hitting the ball harder than he ever has. Fly ball rate is, mm, it's, it's about the same, but he's at an age 25 where it, it makes sense to see more power from a player. So given the upside we suspected he had, yeah, I'll go along with it as a breakout. All right, are you buying the bust? You know, I didn't get everything right this year, that's for sure. Got a lot wrong, Greg Bird. I did not draft Buster Posey in any leagues. He felt like a bust to me. He felt like a player in the decline. And even though Buster Posey is the number five catcher in points leagues, number eight in Roto, he has really had very little impact on fantasy teams, I would say. And he has the most played appearances at the position. Most played appearances, and yet he's fifth in points and eighth in Roto. Uh, are you buying the bust for uh, Posey? Yeah, he won't be an early round pick next year. Uh, I think the fact he'll be 32, I mean, that's definitely getting up there for a catcher. Uh, you know, he'll, he'll be... Pu- yeah, I, I, I think this is who he is now. I think he's uh, somebody who obviously needs to start in fantasy, but he doesn't stand out at the position anymore and the power. Like you're not you're not counting on him hitting even fifteen home runs. Yeah. I mean twelve would be a good season for him at this stage of his career. And amazingly, Heath's gonna end up right and Posey's gonna outscore Gary Sanchez. <laughs> we we really uh, ridiculed him for that one, and uh, Sanchez. In well, even bigger Sanchez. Bus. All of these predictions are barring injury. Yeah, I know, but it happened. he's missed half the season. Okay, uh, let's get into some playoff questions. Let's get into more from yesterday. We got the birthday segment coming up. Got to tell you about a really cool sponsor, though, ladies and gentlemen. I'm talking about Hims. ForHims.com. Hims is a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, sexual wellness for men. It is an awesome website, and we're focusing on hair loss because 66% of men lose their hair by age 35. 
every time I read that, I remember that I am 34. And, uh, uh-oh. But no, seriously, when you start to notice hair loss, it's too late. You have to be preventative. You have to go out there and be proactive. And forhims.com can really help you out. Uh, it's easier to keep the hair you have than to replace the hair you've lost. That's the really important thing. And, and the website that you want to go to, I've said forhims.com, but forhims.com slash FBT. F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash FBT. So Hims connects you with real doctors and medical-grade solutions to treat hair loss. They give you well-known generic equivalents to name-brand prescriptions. Uh, there's no waiting room, no awkward in-person doctor's visits. You save hours by going to 4 It is so easy. Just answer a few quick questions. A doctor will review it and can prescribe you. And products are shipped directly to your door as well. So it's just very convenient and a great way to uh, be proactive about hair loss. So our listeners get a trial month of hymns for just five bucks today when you go to forhims.com slash FBT. That's while supplies last. See the website for full details. This is something that would ordinarily cost hundreds if you went to the doctor or to a pharmacy. How about five bucks for a month? Forhims.com slash FBT. F-O-R-H-I-M-S.com slash FBT. Bless you, Scott White. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah no problem. All right, back to, uh, back to baseball. Here's an email from Mark. Email of the day number one. What is the best way to break a tie in a playoff uh, categories league? Break a playoff tie in a categories league. I think ties should always go to the oh, – well, no, it would be the same thing. Yeah, ties should always go to the higher-seeded team, I feel like. That's, that's kind of the home field advantage that uh, obviously doesn't exist in fantasy, but it's, it's that little extra – advantage you're given as the better as the team that was better during the regular season 100 percent agree and if you don't do that then obviously there's only one other way to break the tie and that would be fewest letters in your last name fewest letters in your last name <laughs> it's a, always a good tie break no it's gotta yeah you gotta reward the uh the higher record uh for sure uh email of the day number two is from don can you can you please discuss this on your podcast all right scott this is gonna fire you up a little bit it's gonna fire you Uh-oh. up. oh okay Gonna make you sneeze. My league has grown extremely frustrated with two-star pitching scoring in week-long points leagues. Year after year, teams are knocked out of our playoffs or lose the World Series to inferior teams simply due to the complete luck of the pitching schedule. For example, last year I missed a trip to the World Series by a single point despite my offensive pitching being vastly superior to my opponent. However, I had the misfortune of my pitching studs only having one start each, whereas my opponent had only two-star pitchers in his lineup. Those extra four starts cost me a victory by a single point. We feel that the playoffs and World Series being determined by sheer luck of quantity over actually having a quality pitching staff is ridiculous, and we have already agreed as a league to look for another option next year, whether on CBS or at another site. Do you have any suggestions to remedy this Bush League scoring system for weekly scoring periods? Perhaps the two-star pitcher only gets the points for their better start. So it's still an advantage, but it's not doubling their points. Can you please suggest some new pitching scoring options to CBS? Um, well, this hasn't is, isn't something they've been able to implement on the site. But one one thing my longest standing league has done, and we've been doing it for years, is uh, basically the first seven starts count. You pick. You have five pitcher spots to fill, but you can only start two two-star pitchers. If you start another, and you get end up with eight starts for the week, the the start, uh, the game that ends last, 
uh, is the one that's that's removed. The the points are negated from that start. So it it takes some work for the commissioner, which isn't ideal. But that's one way to help limit the effect of that. In the playoffs, we've actually done. There are no two star pitchers. You just you announce heading into the week which of the two starts you want to count from a two star pitcher. And uh, the others eliminated. If for some reason that second start doesn't end up happening, then you automatically get the first start so that you're not left with no start from a pitcher just because you happen to choose the second start. So that's how we've handled it in that league. That's you interesting. Know, yeah. Um, I don't know that it's necessary. I feel like I you know going in how many starts you have versus your opponent. And if it's that big of a difference, he has four more starts than you, then maybe you – Turn to a two-star sleeper off the waiver wire. You know, it forces you to think on your feet a little bit. I don't think that's such a bad thing. I think that's part of what makes a good fantasy manager. So I, it's it's not something I felt was necessary myself, but I don't complain about the way we've decided to do it in that particular league. It's it's worked out fine. And also, we have two-week playoff rounds in our podcast league. Yes, and yes, that, that helps. That's that is my favorite. Like, yeah. The reason for that isn't necessarily to take care of this problem, but it's true that that is a side effect of it. I, to help reduce the element of luck overall in the playoffs, all of my leagues, I set up that playoff periods last two weeks instead of one. You still set your lineup each week as usual, so you still have the opportunity to change if somebody gets hurt. Or if you want to uh, take advantage of two start options both weeks, but that that gives you... A little more that gives, um, you know, if somebody happens to have all their stud pitchers making two starts in one week, they obviously won't in the second week. And there's a chance that some of your studs will be making two starts that week. So it helps even it out more, too. Sure. All right, Scott, let's see if we can get uh, this happy birthday properly here. Moment of truth. Did I cue it up to the right spot? Stevie Wonder, take it away. Yes. Happy birthday. Come on, Scott. Get into it. You're not even smiling right now. There you go. He says it so many times, it's crazy. (laughs) Happy birthday, Luke Weaver. This is our baseball reference birthday segment inspired by Wes from Oakland. Wes, thank you for giving us content on an otherwise contentless day. Uh, Luke Weaver, it's your birthday. Happy birthday, Luke Weaver. Simpsons reference. You've been demoted to the bullpen, we know. But what happened with Luke Weaver, Scott? I was very high on Luke Weaver. He had a 2.05 ERA. Last year after getting called up and then his final two starts, he gave up 14 runs in seven and two thirds and he ended up with a 388 ERA. But I said, you know what? He probably just got tired. 17 walks, 72 strikeouts and 60 and a third. Everything was just beautiful for him. And Luke Weaver has gone all Luis Severino on us and he's been terrible in his second year. Is he going to go all Luis Severino on us and be a Cy Young candidate in his third year next season? I'm not confident in that at all. And I was high on him coming into the year too. Uh, but this is maybe a, a testament to how important swinging strikes are because this swinging strike rate was low last year. It was about the same this year, and obviously the results weren't nearly as good. He had to be so fine with his control to be the 10.7K per nine guy he was in 2017 with that swinging strike rate. He had to and you see the difference in the number of 0-2 counts he's had this year. It's much lower than it was last year. Uh, and I don't know that it's reasonable to uh, expect him to uh, 
uh, repeat the 2017 version of that. Part of the reason I was optimistic too coming into the year is because there was a lot of hype about him uh, developing a curveball to go with his fastball changeup combination. And it seemed to be getting good results in spring training. When push came to shove, it wasn't a pitch he used that much. It wasn't one he used really any more than last year. So he was still basically a two-pitch pitcher and still didn't have a great swing and miss pitch. So, I, I mean, you still love the minor league track record. If you look at his minor league year-by-year stats, I, I mean, they're crazy. They're uh, sub-two ERAs, strikeout rate through the roof, um, and maybe he gets it figured out at some point down the line. But I did not see, uh, I did not see a lot of reason for optimism over the course of this season. Okay. Luke Weaver, I hope you bounce back. And actually, I wanted to check this. Uh, check it. His strikeout rate in the minors, well, it was pretty good. Um, yeah, it was, well, it was less, it was less than K per inning for his whole minor league career, so maybe it wasn't even as good as I was talking it up to be. The ERAs were definitely low, but the strikeout rate, inconsistent. Uh, quick round of team name Tuesday. We've got Woba Fett. Woba Fett. Okay. If you smell what Kopeck is cooking, can you smell Kopech. what the rock is cooking? Yeah, it's a stretch. Tukey torches? Tukey torches. Like tiki hmm. torches? That's alright. And how about, well, see here's one from Jesse. He has Zach Wheeler, Zach Granke, and Zach Godley, and his team is Zach Attack. But, the pro- it's good. The problem is nobody ever looks at who's on your team when they see your team name. They just want to laugh at the team name. So they're going to see Zach attack and they're like, what does this mean? His name's Jesse. He's not Zach. What's that mean? Mm. So You know, I was thinking if, you know. if you had a team with you Darvish and Adam Adovino, you, your team name could be <laughs> you Adovino. <laughs> I knew you were going with come, it. Yeah, right? I liked it. I liked it. <laughs> All right, three-man rotation from yesterday. Corey Kluber got off to a rough start, and he gave up nine hits in six and a third, but he only three runs at Boston. Settled in nicely. Uh, Rick Porcello did a lot of numbers crunching on Porcello, and I just don't get it. <laughs> I think it comes down to home runs with Porcello, you know, because he's had four years now with Boston, and the only time he's had a, a home run rate under 1.2 has been his Cy Young season. It was .9. I don't know. Like, his BABIP this year is 280. It was 269 when he won the Cy Young. It's been 333 and 324 the other two seasons. It feels like, if you look at Porcello's numbers, like his advanced numbers, it seems like they're closer to his Cy Young year than the than the bad years. But at the end of the day, now he has a 414 ERA. That's like, And that's it. I mean, it's home runs because, like, he's 15 and 6. That's great. He's got a, a low whip, 114 whip. He's got a career-high K rate, 8.8 per nine. So I feel like it's almost like a Tanaka situation, where he pitches pretty well but uh, serves up some long balls and the ERA is over four. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I actually think he's a little better than Tanaka. Oh, I do too. I just uh, I was um, making the comparison that everything else looks good except the ERA. Sure. Of course, this is what I was saying about Carlos Carrasco. 
Well, this is and this is what kind of what I've been saying about Jose Barrios, uh, in that he's probably going to finish with about 200 innings and about 200 strikeouts. And can you live with a ERA around four? If that's the case, I think you can. Obviously, it can be a little frustrating start for start, but I don't feel like many people have the pitching depth to bench Porcello. So it's not like no. the bad starts are scaring them away from the good starts. Um, yeah. So I, I, I'm I fine with him. Yeah, the home run rate. Like He was cruising in this start. He had given up no runs through four innings, and then suddenly the Indians hit three home runs off him. So that's, it's clear that's what happened in this start. Um, yeah, that's... The strikeout rate is good. The walk rate is good. It, it really is that. Uh, how many home runs does he give up? Seems to be the determinant for how good the start was. Oh, the Red Sox have some real easy opponents coming up. They're at Tampa Bay this weekend, that'll be Porcello's matchup. And I think next week it's like White Sox and Royals or something. Or maybe I'm wrong, but it, it's easy opponents. Uh, Alex Wood. How much confidence do you have in Alex Wood? Not much. He... Felt pretty safe coming off the DL. He gave up nine base runners in four innings. So, <laughs> so much for that, right? That's a yeah, bad start. Whip above two, and he left with the bases uh, loaded and nobody out, and only one run scored. This could have been a really bad start. Yeah, it could have been really awful. The walks have been kind of high for him lately. And it's two point two per nine for the year, so still really good. But I feel like he's been slipping, and um, if you can't count on him to be control guy. I mean, because obviously he's not big bat misser guy. Then I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm i not looking to drop him, but this was a two-start week that he couldn't take advantage of, and are you going to start him in one-start weeks? Probably not. I start him in my daily league lineup, you know, where you're not, you're not really choosing weekly starters. Because I do, sure. I do expect Alex Wood to give me a quality start. He usually does do that. But, yeah, strikeout rate pretty low now. 117 I mean, strikeouts and 132 and a third. One quality start in his past four. So, like, yeah. that that's kind of the – he does have a lot of quality starts this year. But he so rarely goes beyond six innings that it's – it doesn't take much for him to fall short of that. Right. it's not like they're going to let him work through issues to, you know, get kind of a – Bad quality start, you know? Alright, four up. Let's look at some hitters who did well yesterday. Jackie Bradley. Jackie Bradley has an 882 OPS in his last 44 games. He's 39% owned. Kendris Morales and Ramon Laureano homered twice yesterday, apiece. And Johan Camargo, since my birthday, Scott, Johan Camargo, June 19th, 51 games, 847 OPS. So he's batting 311 in that stretch with seven homers and 12 doubles. Um, that's pretty similar to what Jackie Bradley's done in 44 games compared to 55. Uh, not as high of a batting average, but same, same seven homers, few more extra base hits, 882 OPS compared to Camargo's 847. Also, Bradley has five steals in 44 games. Camargo has no steals this season. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, Morales, okay, let's forget about Ramon Laureano. Just had to be mentioned. He homer twice. Jackie Bradley, Kendris Morales, Johan Camargo. Who are the most, who's the most useful one in fantasy? Camargo. By a pretty significant margin. Uh, you know, Kendris, Kendris Morales has had a nice stretch here. 
Um, sort of. August has been really bad for him, except his mm-hmm. last four games. So he has three home runs in his last four games, and he's seven for 13. He has four home runs in August, and he's batting 214 in August. July, though, he had 1033 OPS. July was a great month for Morales. Yeah, and he has a good K to BB during that stretch. Last last 37 games, so most of July, 292 with a 924 OPS and 21 walks to 23 strikeouts. Uh, so I, I I think with the right matchups, he could be considered a sleeper bat, but I don't think he's somebody you're looking to pick up and start regularly. Uh, he doesn't play quite every day for the Blue Jays even. So he's probably the second most useful of these, but Camargo's a distant first. Yeah, so you just uh never seem to want to give Jackie Bradley any love. What did he do to you? <laughs> I mean he's hitting two twenty. Yeah, but you know he's starts with that. Around. Yeah. Not, not as, fast not enough. It. Not to a good enough extent. One down, Justin Smoke. Justin Smoke since the all star break is actually batting two eighty four. But he has a 129 ISO. He overall smoke is the number 18 first baseman in points leagues and number 23 in roto. Yeah, whatever. He's fine. In the middle of the road, yeah. Yeah, he's, he is who he is. Uh, better in OBP leagues. Bullpen. Jose Alvarado got a save. That was strange. Sergio Romo had to be available. Unless he was hurt or something. He only threw 14 pitches on Sunday. I think it may have been a lefty situation. There were two lefties due up for the Royals in the ninth. Alvarado's left-handed. So, maybe that was it. Fringy starting pitchers. Scott, Austin Gomber, Derek Holland, and Luis, and Lucas Giolito. <laughs> Any interest here? Gomber, Holland, and Giolito. I mean, Giolito, I guess, has been better lately. It, he's been better in like a James Shields sort of way where, Is it enough for you to care? Is it enough for you to think he's a different pitcher? Well, he, he's okay. So Giolito has six quality starts in his last eight. In mm-hmm. August, he has 26 strikeouts in 24 innings. Uh, now I said six quality starts in his last eight. If you look at his last nine starts, Lucas Giolito has three terrible starts. So the overall numbers aren't going to be that great because, you know, these terrible well, starts. Well, let's just look at the eight. Yeah. All right. Look at the eight. The eight. He has a 450 ERA. He has 43 strikeouts in 48 innings. Okay, that's pretty good. Uh, but a 450 ERA, in spite of, by the way, a 264 Babbitt. So he's had some good Babbitt luck during that stretch. Yeah, he had a seven, he had a seven runs. That's stuff. the main thing. 20 walks, that what you said? Yeah, 20 yeah. walks. Like, he's still, the walks are still an issue and home runs are in, uh, are, are, aren't great either. So yeah, I, I don't, I don't think there's enough here to get excited about. Okay. And Gomber had a good start, but, you know, bad walk to strikeout ratio, and he's at Colorado this weekend. And Derek Holland, Scott talked about it, you know, not a terrible two-start option. Five innings, one run at the Mets. He's got Texas at home this upcoming weekend. And let's see who's pitching today. We don't know who it's going to be for the Astros, but it's Kevin Gosman at Ivan Nova. I would start Gosman. I would. Yep. Vince Velasquez at Tanner Roark. Definitely Roark. And I, it's not crazy to start Velasquez. It depends how much you're looking to help ERA and whip versus strikeouts. 
one of my one of our my one of our emails pointed out emailers pointed out that Vince Velasquez has been much better at on the road. So these are fun splits. At home, Vince Velasquez has a five oh two ERA. On the road he has a three oh two ERA. But he actually has a higher batting average against on the road. It's entirely home runs. Eleven home runs at home, two home runs on the road. Well, that would make sense. I mean, Citizens Bank Park is a good place to hit home runs. Sure is. So that doesn't that doesn't seem like one of those fluky splits that it's hard to explain. I think that makes sense. All right, so it's a road start for Velasquez. Maybe that's reason enough to start him. Yeah, there you go. Are you going to start Dylan Bundy or no. Sam Gavilio? No. No. Cubs at Tigers. Kyle Hendricks at Jordan Zimmerman. In. I would rather start. Yeah, I'd start Hendricks. I mean, against the Tigers, sure. But not Zimmerman. Shane Bieber at Nate Valdi. Shane Bieber, you could come up with a better song choice for that, probably, <laughs> to represent him. Probably. I uh, thought it was funny to sing a song about Bieber and not have it be a Bieber song. <laughs> I don't know that I'd start either. I'm not starting Bieber. No way. Yeah, Valdi's interesting. Valdi... Uh... 104 whip this year. But, boy, when he's bad, he's really bad. Yeah. Uh, Cleveland, I mean, they have a great lineup, too. Cleveland actually, Scott, I don't know if they get Encarnacion back today. He's eligible. Cleveland has a freaking terrible lineup after their first three hitters. (laughs) But those first three hitters are so good. good. They're so good. Uh, But, man, it's so bad after that. All right, Chris Stratton at Steven Matz. Uh, Neither. Glenn Sparkman at Blake Snell. Yeah, let's hope Snell gets the gets unleashed this time. They've had him on a tight leash, but it's going to change. Masahiro Tanaka at Pablo Lopez. Let's start Tanaka at Miami, sure. I'd be interested to see if uh, Stanton plays tonight. I said he's been nursing a leg injury. He's been DHing. He's coming home. You know he wants to play at the Marlins, but uh, we'll see. Reds at Brewers. Sal Romano at Junior Guerra. Guerra's fine. Let's do Guerra. Jose Barrios at Michael Kopech. Uh, well, definitely Barrios against the White Sox. We gonna we gotta roll the dice on Kopech Major League debut. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. As excited as you were about picking up him up, let's cash in on that right away. And just hope he doesn't have a Gonsalves-like debut. He's a better pitcher than that, so I would hope not. But you never know. Robbie Erlin at Tyler Anderson. I would start Anderson, given the opponent. He's been shaky recently, but I'd do it. Patrick Corbin at Felix? Yeah, Felix Pena. Obviously Corbin and not Pena. Ariel Jarado at Brett Anderson. Nope. And Astros bullpen or Mike Leak? Huh. Um, hmm. Leak's been really good yeah. since about May. I think we can continue to ride it. They're still not back to full health, the Astros. They might That's... be. They might be. Well, so Springer sat yesterday, but Altuve's coming back today. Springer might be back today. Correa's back. Uh, but they're not really, yeah, it's close call. It's a home game. That helps. Uh, maybe it's a, maybe it's a Springer decision. I don't know. Uh, Car- hate to 
bring her that on you. Cardinals at Dodgers, Ponce de Leon at Ryu. You could use Ryu. I wouldn't use Ponce de Leon. We are done. I know it's a short show. I apologize, but it was a short slate yesterday. Tomorrow, big show, 15 games. We'll get back at you then. We'll hopefully do some regulating and read some emails. For Scott White, I'm Adam Azer. See you later.